Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis. Today, oh, well, you know, by the way, if you're new listening to our podcast, welcome. I'm glad you're here and hope that you enjoy what you hear today and what you'll hear in the weeks to come. And you can certainly go back for the, next, the last two and a half years and listen in on some of the other podcasts that we have and uh, guests that we've had in the past. And if you've been a longtime listener, again, thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to pay it forward and give it to share this podcast with your colleagues and your realtors and your referral partners and your ops staff too. You know, they always want to grow and the perfect opportunity. So please pay it forward. I appreciate it so much. Uh, okay. So listen, today, I have a great guest with me. Um, John and I uh, met at uh, Mastermind this year out in Las Vegas. We were both on stage together, um, although I was in a higher level position. Right, John? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because what everybody needs to know is poor John slipped the night before and you ended up, um, is it tearing or breaking an Achilles heel? <laughs> Um, tearing, tearing, rupturing, actually. Rupturing, rupturing and Achilles heel. So the poor guy was sitting on a smaller chair and we were all on stools. It was pretty funny, but um, I, I'm just delighted to have you here with us today, John. Um, let me tell everybody about you. John uh, Abraham is with uh, Caliber Home Loans in, in, are you in Chicago? Actually, Peoria, Illinois, which Peoria. is uh, central Illinois, Perfect. about two and a half hours south of Chicago. Oh, yeah. So that's even better for the numbers we're about ready to tell everybody. So um, he's been in the business from 19, uh, since 1988. So long term, you know, I'm only five years ahead of you um, <laughs> as far as tenure. <laughs> and uh, so let me tell everybody what your biggest year was. Um, you closed um, 1,035 units for $135 million. So those are some big, big numbers. And your average year runs between 60 and 70 million, and you've been over 100 million seven times in your career. Um, you're now managing, but you're also a producing manager, which is one of the things that we want to talk about here today. But a little bit about um, about John that that uh, we're gonna we're gonna hone in on today is that he's an avid fitness enthusiast, um, and he credits most of his um, learning and his success in the mortgage practice in his mortgage practice with his earlier years as a steroid-free natural bodybuilding champion. Right? I got that right? right? Yeah, okay. you absolutely so, did. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank Happy you. to have you. Yeah. So, okay. So I've, I've kind of given your, your uh, tutorial, the tutorial here about who you are, but why don't you share a little bit about 
you know, how, how you got in, how you got into the business and then, um, you know, maybe a fast forward on what, what, where you're at now, I guess would be the thing is where you're at now. And, and then sort of end it with a tipping point. You know, at what point did you say, this is the business, I'm in it for the long haul, and your production just didn't do the ups and downs? I mean, maybe it's doing some floating, you know, like a bobber on water right now, but it's not doing the deep dive. So can you kind of walk us through that whole process that, that you had over, you know, a period of years in a very short period of time? <laughs> De- definitely. So I started in the business in 1988, um, had no mortgage experience, probably like many of the people listening. You know, I'm so lucky and blessed to have fallen into this industry. I was actually working, got it out of a, a junior college. Um, my folks couldn't afford to send me to a four-year college. And so I really had no clue what I was going to do with my life. But uh, somebody told me about taking a job at the airline industry and mainly because I was just a young single guy and I found out you could travel pretty much for free. You could get travel passes for you and your family um, and fly all around the world for practically nothing. So I thought, that sounds like a great job. I'll, I'll do that. So I, I got a job at an airline and Peoria, Illinois airport is really small. So one day you're the guy out there with the wands actually parking the airplane and, and another day you're at the ticket counter uh, basically getting yelled at when people lose their luggage or the flight was delayed or canceled. And uh, another day, you're kind of back in the back room loading the luggage onto the carts. Not not a lot of fun, but and then the, what I liked the best was the gate. And that was back, you know, where you would be down boarding passengers and at least you had some interaction with the public. And so fortunately, fortunately for me, that was probably my favorite part because I really loved people. And even though I kind of felt like I was in a dead end job at the airline, I was taking some really cool trips, but I knew I had much more that I wanted to do with my life than that. And and obviously I wanted to to be able to make a good living. And a woman who was a, a vice president of a savings and loan, and little did I know at the time, this was back in the late 80s when savings and loans were starting to to go under. And she was taking a lot of trips to Chicago. So there was a, a commuter flight from Peoria where I worked to Chicago. And so she would be down at the gate and boarding her flight. And, and I would see her two or three times a week. I didn't realize that she was going up to Chicago because the savings and loan was in trouble and they were looking for somebody to take them over. And and she came to me one day and she said, you're such a nice guy and you have such a nice personality and you're always smiley, which I tend to always be kind of smiley. And she said, we're getting ready to start a new position at our savings and loan called a mortgage loan solicitor. And she said, I think you'd be really good at it. And I had not a clue what she was talking about. And I was like, well, tell me, what, what's this? what does it entail? And she said, you know what? You'll get to go out and meet with realtors and builders. You'll be able to try to be determine your own destiny, grow your own business. You'll get a really nice office. That sounded cool. Uh, at that time, you wore a suit and tie every day. I like that idea. And you're going to get to go out and call on people and build relationships and kind of determine your own success. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this this sounds perfect for me. I had been kind of searching for what I wanted to do with my life. Then she told me the kicker for me is she said they would pay me a base salary of 15000 a year and 20 basis points on every each loan that I closed every month. Now, I didn't I had no clue what basis points were. As a matter of fact, I had to call a friend of mine who was a CPA in St. Louis and ask him if, what were basis points, but I didn't want to appear dumb to her. And so my friend's like, 
John, you got to understand they're going to pay you 15000 but you know, if you close a million dollars of mortgages every month and they're paying you 20 basis points, that's another $2,000. And he's like, couple that with your $15,000 base salary and you've got an opportunity to make almost 40000 a year. And I couldn't believe it. I, I never dreamed that I could make that kind of income. And I was thrilled. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, this is the job for me. I want to be a mortgage loan solicitor. And so I had to go through an interview process at the savings and loan. And back then you had to interview with everybody, the, the head of commercial lending, the head of small business, the head of mortgage, the president of the bank. And I just, I was so dedicated and passionate and excited. I just kept nailing the interviews. And um, ultimately at the end, the president of the savings and loan, he's like, you know, you've never owned a home before. You've got no four-year degree. You don't have any banking or mortgage experience. You don't know much about real estate. He's like, but I just really like you. And he said, I think you've got the personality that realtors are going to really like you. And I think you can do this. And, and they offered me the job and I jumped and I never looked back. I thought this is finally the opportunity I've been dreaming about. And so I started out, I think it was like late 1988. By the time I was able to get started, interest rates were, I got to think maybe 10 and a half or 11%. And mm-hmm. the savings and loan they only offered 80% conventional loans. I knew, I knew no different. And, but I was, you know, I was thrilled with my 15,000 salary. That's more than I was making at the airlines. And then the opportunity to earn some commission just seemed really cool. So I just, and this was unfortunately back in the day when no one taught you how to make a sales call. So I showed up with rate sheets and um, my business cards and just started going it. <laughs> yeah, talking to walking through real estate offices. <laughs> and the bad part about that is somebody else would be walking behind me flipping their rate sheets. Right. If they, if they had better rates. <laughs> if yeah. they had better rates than you, you looked really silly when the realtor picked up your sheet and the sheet behind you and then yeah. the next lender was better and that but we were just out selling price and nobody really knew any different. But I figured, hey, if that's the way everybody's doing it, then I'll do it a little bit better than everybody else. And at least you know, if I can get these realtors to get to know me and, and hopefully like me and trust me that they'll do business with me. And the savings and loan that I was working for had a pretty good reputation, just kind of a solid, I think it had been around since the, the early 1900s. So it had a really good reputation in my area. And so it was really weird. It just, you know, I, I started figuring out pretty quickly that it wasn't a nine to five job and that showing up at open houses on the weekend was probably a good thing. And taking loan applications in people's homes or in, in a bowling alley, I can remember. And it was, it was real different for the savings and loan because they had the traditional nine to five mortgage loan banking. officers in banking. Yeah. These guys mm-hmm. sat there and read the wall street journal all day and then took a nap maybe. And if they didn't take a nap, no big deal. And, and I was out there doing it differently. And it just, believe it or not, rate sheet flipping and showing up and walking around started to work for me. And so these realtors started to like me. And, and I always say today, you know, you've got to make the realtors fall in love with you. They've got to really, really like you and trust you to want to do business with you. And so they just, I'm, I'm normally just kind of a warm, friendly, nice guy. That's how I built my reputation. And so it just seemed like it clicked pretty well. A lot of the realtors were kind of older female ladies. And in my town, a lot of like almost part-time, which would have been equivalent back then to my mother's age. And I think they just, they kind of liked me and thought I was a nice kid and they started sending me business and it, I fell in love with it from the first time I did a mortgage and helped 
somebody get into their new home and went to the closing. And so it, it catapulted, I think, you know, it was maybe 7 million in my first year. I had no idea that that was an okay year that that was pretty decent, especially given the parameters that I was working with. And then, you know, today, I mean, I have loan officers today that do seven to 10 million a year and they still think they're doing okay. I'd like them to do more than that. But they, um, back then that was kind of a big deal. And so, you know how it is in this business, once you get a taste of commission and relationships and people yeah. saying really good things about you, you want more. Right. And so right. then it's I was, yeah, I was, I was so hooked. And yeah. I think the second year, which was really my first full year in the business, I did 11 million and I, and I started, people started you know, noticing and they started telling other realtors in the office about the job that I was doing and my availability and how nice I was and how honest. And then it, you know, the, I did have a good support. The, the savings and loan back then, it was easy to close loans relatively quickly. Uh, old school type approval and, you know, in-house processing and underwriting. You could walk down to the president's office and he'd sign off on a loan if you needed him to, especially if they did their banking there. So uh, by the third year, then it really catapulted. I, I, I closed 17 million. Uh, and then I always tell people, I think in this business by year three, you're either going to make it or you're not going to make it. If, you're, if you've been doing it three years and you're still not producing, you're probably not going to make it. But if you hang in there for three years and you start to really reap the benefits, you, you're going to, it's going to take off. And that's exactly what it did for me. And then by the fourth year, I was doing 30 million. Let's talk about this. So there was a tipping point where you became very successful. You didn't just work in the business for 25 years and, you know, just tenure made you successful. I know plenty of loan officers have been in the business for a really long time that, that are not as successful. So when you think back on, you know, your entire career, whether it was, you know, something you did way back when that tipping point, right. Or whether mm -hmm. it's, what you continue to do, whatever it was you did then and you still continue to do, you know, what do you attribute to um, your success other than, I mean, because now you're older, right? You're 25 years yeah. older. It's not that you were yeah. some cute guy that came in right. and all these older realtors like you. <laughs> right. now, you know, that's only goes so far, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So at some point, um, there had to be something that makes you unique. Is it is it the experience the client gets? Is it is it the experience? Is the, um, the communication? Is it your systems? Is it your way of choosing the right people to work with? Um, if there's one thing that you can attribute to your success, what do you think that is? You know, I I I strive to. I started from the very beginning of molding myself so that the community saw me as a trusted advisor who they could count on, who was going to, I literally, and I said this earlier, I wanted to make everybody fall in love with me from a business standpoint. So I, I wanted to be the nicest, kindest, most caring, compassionate, follow through person that they've ever met. And I always tell my loan originators, you have to kiss the realtors and their clients till their lips are chapped. And right. I, and I, that's how kind of I did it. I just was like, you know what? I'm going to make every person that I talk to feel like they're the most important person in the world to me that day and that week and that month and that year that nothing else mattered but their transaction. And then I'm going to follow up. I'm not going to tell people, you know, the kiss of death in our industry, you don't return phone calls, which still blows my mind that some people yeah, don't do. Me too. 
or they don't tell the truth. And I mm-hmm. thought, gosh, if you tell the truth and return your phone calls, you're ahead of about 70% of the people in our industry. And so I just began to market myself as this really good guy that you could count on. And then as I gained experience, I started to say that, you know what, you need to have an experienced loan officer because an experienced loan officer knows how to resolve problems in a, in a timely manner. If you've been in the business for a while, then you've got the knowledge to, to know how to run a smooth transaction and eliminate stress. And so I began to start marketing myself as, as an expert in the field, as somebody that was uh, a, a top producer, because people want to do business with somebody that they see as successful. No question. And so, yeah. And if you're a cat on a marble floor and you're begging and pleading, there's definitely not going to. Yeah. And so I started to partner with realtors that were better producers. I, I stopped being afraid of calling on the really big producing real estate agents. I was a little bit afraid when I first got into the business mm-hmm. because I was afraid they would say no or that they already had a lender that they were working with. And it's kind of like when you're a young guy dating, you know, you, you don't ask somebody out to prom or whatever because you're afraid they, the pretty girl's going to tell you no or they've already mm-hmm. got somebody they're going to go with. And so I just started going to the top realtors and saying, I'm just like you. I'm committed like you are. I, I'm successful like you are. I, I'm driven like you are. I, I want to partner with you. Why wouldn't you want to partner with somebody like me? Plus, I'll, right. make, you look, I'll make you look really good. So then that some of the top producing realtors started giving me and I started out doing a lot of the problem loans for realtors, you know, they have ones that nobody else could get done. And then as it, as time went on and I became more experienced and people started taking notice, then I started marketing myself as an experienced loan officer who was successful and, and who knew how to run a smooth transaction. But at the same time, I really, I just continued to try to be humble and to try to be a good guy and a nice guy and be honest and ethical. There's, there's a lot of egos in our industry. And I always found that as the years went on, people would always tell me, we just hired a, this guy or this girl and they're really going to be amazing. They're super confident. And, and then I would meet them and they were arrogant and, and cocky and it never seemed like those folks lasted very long in the industry. And I'm not the funniest guy in the room. If you put me in a big room of people, I'm not telling jokes and wandering around. I'm kind of a one-on-one build trust relationship type guy. And so I tipped it by just kind of a combination, sticking to my core value of that it was important to be a good person. And then also why you'd want to do business with somebody that now was doing a pretty good fair amount of business and that knew how to run a, a smooth transaction and had a team to support them to get your loan closed on time, of course. Yeah. So can you tell us about one or two quick um, points that you have uh, put into play in your daily routine that, that you've carried with you that might help somebody who's listening, you know, to sort of get their head on straight during the day and, and follow those types of tips? Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned about being an athlete. I, I grew up really skinny. I was, I'm not very tall. I'm only five, seven, but when I was a freshman in high school, I was four eleven and weighed 95 pounds. And so literally had no confidence in in my body. Plus I was little and I didn't like myself very well. You know, I had, I just didn't have any confidence. And 
as I got out of high school, I finally grew anyway. I was about five foot seven, but I still only weighed about 110 pounds. And a uh, funny story, a friend and I got beat up at a drive-in movie theater back back then. They still had drive-in movie theaters. And uh, I was like, that's it. I'm joining a gym. So the next day I, I actually went and joined the gym and told the manager, I want muscles and I want to get big and I want to, I'm tired of being skinny. And so we didn't know much about nutrition and diet back then, but he, he just told me to start eating 10 meatloaf sandwiches a day, which I still laugh about this day because that wasn't the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that wasn't the way. Other than I, I probably got built a little gut doing that. But right. but it's just like the mortgage business. You know what? There were successful people in the gym who had developed really good physiques, and so I started asking them, "How did you do it? You know, what mm-hmm. did you do to get built? What kind of diet did you follow?" What, you know, what routine do you follow? And then I started to learn from these really good people. This was well before the mortgage industry, you know, kind of that time frame before the airline industry and and the mortgage business. And all of a sudden, my body began to take off and develop. And I started feeling good about myself and liking myself and getting confidence. And then people started saying, gee, you look so good. You ought to think about doing bodybuilding competition. And I never, ever dreamed about that would be something I would be interested in. I, I stayed on the, what we call the drug-free natural path. I didn't want to do steroids. That seemed self-defeating to me. So I ended up getting in bodybuilding competitions. And just like the mortgage industry, I, I became hooked. It was just such a cool thing for me and, and created such a high and such a being rewarded. It's an individual sport. So you're rewarded it's not a team sport. You, you're, it's on me. If I want to do well in a bodybuilding competition, then I had to put the work in, just like the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from competing, you know, you had to be focused. You had to be disciplined. You had to show up at the gym. You had to have a plan. You had to set goals. And then I tell people you had to have visualization. So in bodybuilding, they used to tell us, you know, imagine yourself on stage winning first place and being handed the trophy. And so I would use that, you know, you can make, you can accomplish whatever you want if you put your, if you make your mind believe it. And so I ended up, you know, winning several national bodybuilding competitions drug-free. When I got into the mortgage business, I found this is exactly the same. You got to be disciplined. You have Mm -hmm. to show up. You have to have a plan. You have to set goals. And so I'm like, you can't be successful if you're goofing around all day. And so I, I laser beam focus on producing, going out and building relationships, getting business, taking apps, pre-qualifying people and, and closing deals. But it all, it all derived from the discipline and focus that I learned from bodybuilding. Yeah. So let's talk about your practice now and who you're working with. So do you have um, thousands of realtors that you work with? You know, Jen, I have a lot. I, uh, it was kind of funny when we were on stage in, in Vegas, I felt a little bit funny because the other top producers were going, you know what? I picked eight to 10 realtors. That's all I want to work with. I know. I know. And you know, I talked about my 12 apostles. Yeah. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, I want to work with 50. (laughs) I, you know, I, I, I go after every opportunity I can to attract a new realtor only because I think there's going to be fallout. You know, some realtors are mm-hmm. going to retire. Some are going to move away. Some are going to find another lender that they like better. And so while it's tough to service that many, I probably have 25 really, really loyal realtors. And then I kind of cherry pick who else I would like to try to work with. 
you heard me tell the story that when I got hurt in Las Vegas, the uh, massage therapist came by the pool. This is before I went to the hospital. And she asked if she could work on me because she saw me laying there under a cabana with my foot iced. And as she was working on me, and she's the one that told me that she thought I tore my Achilles, she told me she had just got her uh, real estate license with Berkshire Hathaway in Vegas. And of course, I I was in pain and laying there getting my leg worked on, but I perked up <laughs> right. and told her, oh my gosh, I'm in the mortgage business. I, I would love to partner with you. Do you have a, you heard me say it at Mastermind, I asked her, and I asked every realtor this, I said, are you in a committed relationship with a lender? And she said, no, I'm brand new. I don't have any lender. And I'm like, okay, then I want to be your go-to guy. And I know I'm in Illinois and I'm, I know you're in Las Vegas, but it doesn't matter. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be available for your clients when they need to be pre-qualified or pre-approved. I'm going to, I told her all the unique selling yeah. propositions about my company and myself. And so I got back home and instead of going and getting my MRI, I, I was working on putting a marketing packet together for her. And I, I immediately sent it to her out in Las Vegas. I've actually pre-qualified a couple people for her. Kind of nice because that market out there is a much higher sale, average sale price. Than, for you, yeah, for you and what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. now she's kind of in my circle. Maybe she's not one of my top 25, but she's there as far as another person that I can use as a resource to get business. Now, the only problem with building up a huge network of real estate agents is I like to give referrals back. Yeah. And one of, you know, I like to give qualified leads mm -hmm. back to my agents. And then it's so hard when you have that many that yeah. you're working with. It's like, well, who do I give it to? Right. So there is, I think there's some, I see the value of people who keep it in a smaller, tight network of top agents. My problem is that our average sale price here is so small at 140000 Yeah, it's units. I, I, gotta, I have to do units. And yeah. to do units, I need a lot of agents. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I'm a little bit different than some of the other people that I heard mm -hmm. in, in Vegas, but everybody needs to determine what works for them best in, well, in and their I think world. That, yeah, and I think that's what's so great about our our uh, our industry. You know, I had another loan officer on the podcast about a year ago, um, and, you know, he's in my market. And mm -hmm. uh, he's the, he calls himself the nickel dime guy, you know, he. He, he has every realtor do one deal with him at some point in time in their career, <laughs> you know, right. and he's extremely successful doing over a hundred million. So, you know, it, that's the whole point of, you know, this type of forum that we're talking about right here is that, you know, the, we, we all come in different shapes and sizes. We're all unique and different and we have to just find what's going to work for us instead of, you know, listening to, and I really beg anybody who's listening, don't just do what John does and go, you know what, okay, I listened to Jen and she said only 12, and now I'm just going to go find everybody. Don't leave what you're doing unless you truly have tracked it and determined that it's not working, you know. And just as, and, and the thing is, most people quit right before it starts working, yeah. you know, right before... So give it some time, you know, and so if you're doing the opposite, if you're, if you've got every Tom, Dick and Harry Lona, a real estate agent that you have as a relationship, maybe consider just working with a handful and saying, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my time, energy, and attention to serving you. And in turn, I will refer business to you just like you're referring to me. It's a true partnership. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to find that happy medium that, that works for you. And, and that's why I like, bringing on so many different loan officers and different styles and techniques. So now one of the other techniques that, you know, as we kind of wrap up here today, one of the other techniques that, um, that you're doing is not, it's sort of old school. And I have to tell you, I, I don't mind old school. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you know, after 35 years of this, I don't mind old school. I think that sometimes what has to happen is that um, people that are more tenured in the business need to go down the elevator, open up the first floor and bring on new blood, right? Mm -hmm. But the new blood also needs to knock on that elevator door and say, come down and teach me and bring me up, right? So what's old is new, what's new is old. It's it's always going to flop back and forth. It's always going to be that way. As we see rates increase, the people that have been in our industry that um, have never done an adjustable rate mortgage because rates were ridiculously low for so long and we were so spoiled, will now have to experience what it's like to do adjustable rate mortgages. And, you know, so they're going to come back. People are going to get them regardless of what anybody thinks they're going to get them because it's an affordability issue. Mm-hmm. You've got to get your hands wrapped around them. So, so the marketing packet that you sent to this realtor, I'd like to know what, what that was about because I know you, it's a physical packet. And then you also talked briefly um, with me before we started recording about your buyer packet, which is, you know, sort of these old school things. Um, so can you just briefly tell us about those packets and, you know, why you send them and what kind of results you get and, and just a little bit about what might be in them? Sure. This, go, this goes way, way back. And I, this one, I don't really even know where I got the idea, but I got to think this is at least 20 years ago. I started sending out homebuyer packets to prospective homebuyers. I literally, if I could get you on the phone and talk to you, you're going to get a packet from me. And so I put together these marketing packets. And of course, over the years, I've, I've tweaked them and adjusted them. But I make the customer on the phone feel really excited that they're going to get something really cool from me. And, I'm, and it's old school because it comes in the mail. And I just tell them, I'm going to send you this really cool homebuyer packet. And it's got tons of great information that you're going to find really helpful when you're out looking at houses. And uh, so I, I get them kind of excited about the packet. And what's really funny I still meet face-to-face with a lot of clients to sign docs, and they always have this marketing packet in their hand when they come back in to see me. And all I did is I tried to find things that I thought would be of value to somebody who was out looking at homes. So I put together this packet, and in it is, the, first of all, there's house hunting checklists. So it's a way for them to rate different houses when they're going out and looking at them with their realtor. And then I put in there helpful tips for home buyers. I found this on the internet years ago. It was just what to look for when you're walking through a home. We don't expect them to be a home inspector, but what, what should you look for when you look at a gutter or a basement or a foundation or an attic or, you know, depending on the market that you're in, if you, you may not have a basement, but just some helpful tips for home buyers. And then I kept getting the question about credit score. So what, what's, you know, all we do is talk credit score. That's, that's our language of love right now. And so I thought I need to let people know what makes up a credit score. So I found this really cool marketing thing that said, and I just Googled it, and what the five things that make up your credit score. And so it talked about, it has a pie graph and it shows what, how much weight does each thing give to a, establishing your credit score. And so I put a flyer together about that. And then I put something in there about what buyers and sellers need to know about title insurance. You know, so the different ways to hold title to a property. Then I thought about, this came about a few years ago, I stumbled across something that said, why are your credit scores different than what I pull? And so I put a flyer together. I didn't create it. I found it somewhere. And I put a flyer in the packet because we get that question every day that Credit Karma has you at a 719 and we pull your credit and you're 656. 
it's a different model. And so I thought, gosh, how useful would that be for people to have something that really explains it, saves me from having to explain it to them. They'll have it right in their packet about why their credit scores are different. I, I put a flyer in there about my, I have my personal brochure that explains all about me and my background and some of the achievements that I've accomplished. I've got my team flyer so they know who my processor or my assistants are. Uh, there's a little bit of a flyer about why choose Caliber. So I, I want people to know why, why should they work with me and why should they choose Caliber as their lender. And then, of course, there's a business card. There's even actually a few more flyers I put in there depending on there's a, if it's a, if the new person work coming to town, there's a flyer that says 50 things to do in Peoria, Illinois that I got from the Chamber of Commerce website. So I, I send these packets. I literally send 30 to 50 packets out a week because I talk to that many people on the phone a week. And then I follow up. I literally write down who I sent them to, and I call them the next week and ask them if they got their packet and what they think of it, and have they started their house hunting trip yet, and making sure they know that I want to be their lender and I want to be their go-to guy, and that they can count on me, even if it's evenings and weekends, and they can text or call me anytime. So I, I don't just send them a packet and then forget about them. I send them a packet and follow up and make sure they got it. Yeah, and I like that, too, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have conversations with clients, um, you know, we either are, are at a point where we can send them to a website to fill an application, mm -hmm. and we're hoping they do, right. or we get enough information where we have a great conversation and we do a pre-qualification over the phone, but we, we don't have enough to do a pre-approval, but we think it went really well, and, or we get to the, you know, we get to the full extent where they have filled out an application, and, you know, we've been able to pull credit, and we've been able to provide them with a pre-approval. But in all of those cases, regardless of, of where that's at, and in your case, you talk to them on the phone, you send them a package. If we're not doing any follow-up, yeah. um, that's where our conversion is. It's not leads that everybody needs. It's right. converting the leads that what we need. And, and the deal, and that's a deal, I hate that word. You know, um, it's not, serving this family is not finished until you go to closing. That's Absolutely. the bottom line. You know, it's not finished because you had a conversation you think they're going to yeah. work with you. It's not finished when you get a contract and you think it's done deal. It's not done until the loan's closed. And then that's really when your, you know, long-term relationship starts. Yeah. And so I really like that, you know, you're saying that follow-up. And I think if, you know, if you're listening in on this call and you're saying, you know, I don't really know what to call about because it, the typical thing is, you know, you hear the scripting from everybody, you know, all of us on stage, right? We all say, mm -hmm. hey, we're just calling and checking in. But the bottom line is we don't just call and check in. We call with a specific purpose in mind. But I think a lot of people hear that and think, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. When I call, I'm going to say, hi, I'm calling and just checking in. Um, but really, there's always a purpose behind the, the phone call. And, and each of us has developed a strategy. And those that are listening, I'm sure everybody has strategies too. But if you're struggling with this, this idea, as simple as it is, as old school as it is, is a great, even if it's just one flyer, okay, yeah. that you put in an envelope instead of a package, just one flyer about credit because that's their concern or about title because they are going through a divorce. You know, one thing that, that sort of hones in on what their biggest concern or challenge is, you know, something that will keep them up at night during the entire loan process um, and being able to follow up and saying, hey, I just want to make sure you got the letter. Did you get a chance to read it? Is there anything I can answer, you know, expand on, et cetera, and listen while I have you. You know, um, how's the house hunting going? Exactly, what, looking, I, right? yeah, exactly it, it, what I do, Jen. You're, you're yeah. scripting it. It's exactly what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, We've you're, been doing you, this a while. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I do direct them to the website, of course, and want to do the pre-approval, but the follow-up call and the continue, that's to make them, I don't want them going anywhere else. And I don't want them calling anybody else with questions. I certainly don't want to find out because I didn't follow up. They had a contract and went to another lender. I want them to know I'm your guy. I'm the guy you can count on. I'm the guy that. I want your business. Yes. we, We have to actually tell them that too. Um, you know, and I think the, the other simplicity about this, and, and if you're listening and you're like, oh, come on, packets. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but guess what? Nobody's doing them. If you're trying no. to find that thing to differentiate yourself, there you go. It's go. funny. I have everybody shows up at my office, Jen, the customer, and they're like, you're the only lender that sent us a really cool packet. Yeah. They're like, no one else did. And you're the only one that followed up. And I'm like, gosh, if it's this easy to, to win this game, I'll, I'll do that all day long. If um, yeah. nobody and else is going to do it. Sometimes it's okay, that simple. It. Yeah, right, sometimes it's it simple. is exactly that simple. Um, okay, so, you know, as we kind of finish up here now, what, um, what books are you reading right now or book? I, I tend to read books, multiple books at one time. So okay. What book are you reading right now? You know, I have to find really easy reads because I'm so tired at the end of the night from yeah, talking to people yeah. all day. If I lay down at 9.30 or 10 at night and I start to read, I'm asleep and I don't ever get anywhere with it. But yeah. I found a really cool book called The Miracle of Resiliency. And it's actually okay. a little short read, but it talks about how the experiences that happen in our life that may seem horrible or painful or even unfair that are those are the things that shape your strength and your willpower and your heart that and it, I, I'm reading it kind of like glancing at the book because I brought it with me so I'd remember yeah. and it's just talking about that's the power of resiliency that and I think to be successful and as an originator you've got to be resilient and no there doubt. are going to be a lot of things that happen to you along the way that are going to mold and shape the kind of person that you become even the bad stuff and so, yeah. you know, even falling in Las Vegas and tearing my Achilles, it's, it's really weird. I came back and now I, uh, I can't go to the gym for an hour and a half during the day because I, I, I can still work out a little bit on my upper body. But so now what I've done is I've, I've zoned in a little bit more on going to the gym when I get off work and not worrying about, oh, I got to get out of here. I got to go get my workout in and then hobble back on crutches. And so I've been spending the time that I would normally be at the gym focusing on more marketing and relationship building. And I'm having a killer June and July. And right. thinking, you're oh you're my developing God. your business muscles right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the book's called um, The Miracle of Resiliency, and it literally just talks about how experience, experiences that we have, even the ones that are bad, allow us to spring back and face adversity and become, you know, stronger and self-determined and, and more growth. It's really cool. So your timing was good because I literally just started reading it last week. Oh, good. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you for sharing. So we'll have sure. the link on that as well. Um, so what, what departing thoughts might you have for those that are listening, you know, that have heard your story and heard, um, you know, about, uh, I mean, what, what resonates with me is your um, being an athlete, because I am too, so I, I can relate to that. But being an athlete and, you know, having the discipline and the focus and the competition, you know, that, that drive and desire that happens. Um, I hear that. I hear, you know, treat everybody um, with kindness. You know, treat everybody with kindness. Don't get your feathers up. Just lean in and be not a, not aggressive, but assertive and friendly mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, 
look for things that are going to make you different to people. And don't be afraid to tout your own successes when you're trying to work with other people that are successful. Just because a real estate agent is successful in real estate and, and um, doesn't mean that you don't have the right to, that you haven't earned the right to work with them, especially when you're successful in our industry as well. Right, Those are kind of right. the things. But what parting thoughts might you have for everybody? You know, I like, you know, what you were touching on. It's I've actually got a little bit more into um, – I hadn't done this a whole lot, but it's worked pretty well. I've, I've done – I now have a billboard on a busy intersection, and it just says, John Abraham, one of the nation's top 200 originators every year since 1998. Caliber Home Loans got my phone number and my picture. I, I'm on the side of a little city bus, and same, it's the exact same ad – when you're at the grocery store checking out there, you can buy a pretty cheap ad with it's the exact same ad again. And so without trying to be like egotistical about it, I want people to know that I'm successful now after all the years of doing it. And it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be one of the top 200 originators in the nation to advertise that you're successful. You know, you, you may be tops in your company at FHA loans, or maybe you were awarded, you know, a, a member of the year at the real estate, the, real estate board, that whatever your success is, I, I found that people, like I said, they, they want to do business with people that they think are successful they, they, and that have a good reputation. And so my realtors will say, people will call me up and they're like, my realtor said that I should deal with you, that you're one of the top guys in the country. And that I'm really, and I'm like, oh gosh, that's so cool that if that's, if the realtors are telling them that the deal with John, because he's that, he's that good. And then, you know, I, of course, as I said, I don't want to come across as arrogant or cocky about it. I want to come across as sincere and caring, but at the same time, you know, to mold myself as an expert in the industry. And I've created a lot more visibility now that the marketing, the billboard and the, the city buses, it's really only about $1,000 a month between both of them. And people are like, oh, I was at the intersection of such and such, and I saw your picture, and my sister needs a loan, and can I have her call you? And I'm, I'm amazed at how well that, that type of marketing still is working for me. But I would just well, say... I think that, yeah, I was going to say, and I, and I think, you know, just the, um, the brand recognition helps because when a realtor says, hey, you need to call Johnny, they're like, I think I've seen him before. I think yeah, I know him. They, it's exactly what happens. And then I'm really flattered that, to know the realtors are telling them, hey, you should deal with this guy. He's really good. He's, he's one of the top guys in the country. And that, it wasn't always like that for me, but I, it was a nice goal to have to get to that point. So I would say, you know, have big goals and dream big and, and you want to be this is a, such an incredible industry. We're so blessed. You, you were like, like me, Jen, you couldn't drag me out of this. Kick, I'd have to kick it in and scream, and I'll, I will do nothing else until I retire. And then it's still going to be hard to walk away. So it's, yeah. it's just the yeah. best career ever. Gosh, I can't imagine how lucky we are to all be in this. No question. You know, and, and listen, I, wanted, I would just want to say, too, if you're not the top two, in the top 200, and I've been in the top 200, too, and that, it certainly it's opened up doors, and no question, but... Um, but if you're not, you know, I've talked time and time again about niching to grow rich, you know, niche to grow rich, be the best renovation yeah. lender, be the best VA lender. It sounds like you're also the best FHA, right? FHA and VA lender. So if you can be the best of a specific product and make that your expertise, it takes you from the commodity into the, you know, the a specialization and you will get the same phone call that says, my realtor said to call you yes. because you are the best at fixing this problem. You are the best, best at renovation loans. 
it's, so it doesn't matter what the title is. It's that you've been recognized as being an expert, and that's success right there. I c- couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, John, it's been a pleasure. I, you know, like I said uh, earlier, you know, I, I don't talk to everybody about being on, on the podcast. There are special people. You know, you got you got to be special to be on be on the show with me because you got to put up with me. That's part of the problem. But uh, you know, I, I I just saw that you were somebody very special, and I wanted to make sure that that your uh, voice was heard and that you would share. You know, be willing to share, and I'm thankful that you are sharing um, your successes with everybody and. You know, everyone gets a nugget out of every one of these um, calls, so mm-hmm. appreciate it so Be much. glad to share my marketing packages. If somebody ever wants to see a sample, I'll awesome. get it to you, right. Jen. And, and then That's I'm good. beyond flattered that you asked me. when you call, I was shocked when you reached out to me, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, what a great honor. Beyond oh, flattered. I was thrilled. I was thrilling for me. It really, I love well, this kind you. of stuff. Thank you. Well, how can someone reach you if they want to give a, get a hold of you and they have a follow-up question? Yeah, I'll give you... Well, my cell phone is 309-370-5172, or you can email me at john, J-O-H-N, dot Abraham, A-B-R-A-H-A-M, at caliberhomeloans.com, or, or you can LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you're up there, too. Awesome. Well, thank you again for um, joining us today. Um, really a pleasure. And uh, for those of you that are listening, I just want to say thank you again for listening. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and write a review. And anytime you have any questions or any topics that you'd like to discuss uh, or have me discuss, I'm happy to bring them onto the show and share them with everybody. So reach out to me at Jen at KineticSparkConsulting.com, and we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.